0: In 2020, for Friends. Now, that's how I intro this episode on this. When we actually get you to did? it, you're going to hear it again. I say 2020. It 2020, and it, 20, I, not 2020. It, bug, it bugs me so much. I was like, what was I thinking doing that? Uh, we listen to every one of the greatest 500 episodes. Listen, this is a fake intro, okay? We, you are <laughs> going to hear it all again. This is the intro to the Elton John episode. Uh, and it turns out that we did Elton John as a test episode. In fact, it was the third episode. We did Guns and Roses as our first. Nope. Okay, that appetite. we were appetite for destruction, we were thinking about appetite of destruction. Appetite for yeah, of for destruction. Appetite for destruction.
1: Appetite in destruction. <laughs> the, the, the thing destruction was destruction of the appetite.
0: We listened to that first episode was destruct- and we're was thinking destroyed. about we were thinking about releasing it as like a as like kind of a, a old like oh this is what the podcast used to be like and it was fun and maybe the library of congress would get it and say it's so important they got to put it in their <laughs> Hollowed halls, okay, that we all know <laughs> what I'm talking about for sure. And then uh we listened to it. It was absolutely terrible. It was very bad and somehow two hours long. Okay. Much like a certain Kendrick episode that you might hear coming Our out soon. Our first
2: practice episode ever, the main host told us if you're not talking, you need to be on mute. Oh, oof. That's correct. That's correct.
0: <laughs> <Rough>.
1: <laughs> that's a
0: rough listen. Our second one was the radio head episode, which no one will ever hear. Yep. That's and that's then under lock We and key. did. That's debatable. Elton That's debatable. John, <laughs> Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. So, Goodbye, um, no. And I know what you're thinking, because the thing with Yellow Brick Road for Elton John is it's actually a double album. And I know what you guys are thinking. Uh, a double album in Britain? That would be two naked guys named Al. A double, double album? Album. Album?
1: <laughs> album? Album. couple of blokes. Album. couple of blokes, right?
3: <laughs> couple of blokes.
1: blokes. I came up with that all by myself. <laughs> I
0: didn't see your notes Double or anything, Rob. Album. So good. Uh, oh, yes, I did write blokes. Shit. And then I didn't do the joke, but I said, God damn it. So, anyway, listen. I didn't want any stolen valor there. Listen. The third episode, we're not this good, okay? This is years, literally, you know, years of experience of us talking to each other, acting like we like each other, and Matt and Aaron laughing at my jokes. So you're going to hear a couple things that are a little bit different than normal, but it's kind of fun to think that this was like literally the third thing we've ever come up, we ever did. It's the first time you ever hear one-on-one with Aaron's mom. Uh, And stick around to the end. The best part of the episode, the, we will plant our flag on this, is the game show at the end so listen to yeah. that it's when we so actually steve, put a lot of time into the podcast that steve
4: he needs to listen to the end all the is he way he never that means you gotta to listen, the end. listen he to the music talk it too. Yeah. yeah he could never get, he never listens to the end get so. to the show at the end please we're
2: back and aaron are you uh, going to apologize at this point for all of our audio quality I, I think yours might be the worst none of it's very good mine is but,
1: easily the worst this was pre me purchasing a semi-decent microphone so this right. is when i was still recording with the AirPods sitting on my porch. So you're probably going to hear some crickets and it's going to be terrible sound quality on my part. You, uh, so yes, apologies in advance. And
0: you have upgraded now from prodigy to AOL. So I think things are going better. I
2: am the fire starter.
0: <laughs> there is, Hey,
4: you know what? There is one person that listens to this show that I know for certain still has an
0: AOL email address. Oh, ooh. Wait, my is it that knows. one? Is it the one? It's, the, the, it's one. the one, the one you can stand Jeff Bezos at AOL.com. Uh, oh, that doesn't even make sense. I don't know if I'm ready to just divulge that yet. It could be the one I can stand, but my also might not be. If you told me that magic Mike was always emailing us on an AOL account, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense.
2: <laughs> uh, hey Rob, the beginning of the real episode kind of bombs a little bit. So maybe we should uh, stop the bombing and limit the bombing here at the beginning and just get to the, get to K Rob. <laughs>
0: Russ, boy, I can't believe you're not a salesman of some kind. (laughs) That was such a good pitch. Let's listen to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. What's up, everybody? Welcome to K-Rob. K-R-O-B. This (laughs) week, we got Elton John, Yellow Brick Road, but we're good for this. This a test episode, so... This
5: might make you frown. You might see this as a con. But we did an old practice episode where we covered Elton John. Oh, you sound good, right? The old episodes were Ooh, different. Wow. To us, it was all brand new. We didn't have any of our hilarious bits. But recycling our garbage is good enough for you. <laughs> yes. Yes. There's a deleted C to be singing dead that part. <laughs> this is an old episode. Yes. Yes. But that is not our fault. We just didn't want to do a new one. That's true. So we took this one out of the vault. Yes. The audio quality isn't that good. <laughs> and we're not as funny as we are now. <laughs> it's debated. Still has the most important thing Episode is hosted by Ron
4: Is this a key change? Is that allowed? Are to- you allowed to do that, Rosie?
5: When nice. you want to hear The
0: greatest albums sure of all time That's pretty
5: good Alone. But you're just too lazy uh, uh, to Look it up online in 2020, hear from guys it's so and
4: you got to play like back. the Wayne's World thing.
0: Beck did it better. In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. This is Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I have to edit that shit out,
5: but it sounded good. (laughs)
1: Live from his mom's car.
5: (laughs) When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track, I've got the perfect
0: podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Welcome back to Beck did it better. I'm Rob along with Matt, Aaron and Russ and we are here today talking about the Rolling Stone top 500 album list, greatest albums of all time and we are all the way to number 91, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road uh, by Elton John.
1: Shout out. Shout out Kevin Green of LA Rams fame. St. Louis Rams.
0: All right, let's start
1: over. In 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I, Green. I gotta say. Why was it ninety
5: one?
1: Connected. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All All right. right. Okay. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> i love rob i love the decay on the on the hi-hat at the end of our theme song they're like like it yeah. just it, it just really sets me off so yeah, I, apologize. That, I went into the stratosphere
0: no that that uh that that all the editing of that song took literally all the skills i have there's nothing more i could have done i can with hear that. it
1: man that's, that's perfection
0: yeah it's very good I, my kids now sing it around the house because they've heard it a million times as i was editing it loud.
1: it's been like, stuck in my jam. head as frequently as <laughs> Love, Lives Bleeding has been stuck in my head for the last <laughs> week.
0: Oh Yeah, this I, I got to say, guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you already, great album. I loved it. This is a double Gems, LP, top to 17 songs, 76 minutes. Um, this, this is an album that came out in 73, and in 1993, it was certified eight times platinum. Uh, in 1973, this sold about 30 million copies. Just to give you an idea, the other day we were talking about uh, Kid A, which sold 4 million copies. This was in a run that Elton John had where he had six number one albums in a row. Think about that.
4: That's pretty good.
0: Six number one albums. Um, Real quick though, before we start talking about the album, let's go and talk about anything. Uh, How's everybody doing, Matt? How are you doing?
4: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm in the, I I, I take it. This is the part where we talk about something that something cool we're reading or watching or listening to.
0: You're thinking of rolling well-known, which is our next segment. This is just the part where we go around and I say, (laughs) hi, and everybody
4: says you're doing fine. I'm doing well. Summer in Minnesota,
0: you can't beat it. It's true. Aaron, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, I'm all right. I'm working at home uh, as usual. And uh, today was a, a Monday and I didn't have very many meetings, so I got to hang out with uh, my wife and son a little bit. And then uh, they went out to uh, the Berkeley campus and he rode his bike around. That was cool. Uh, I went to the grocery store. They didn't quite have everything I was looking for, but they had most of it. Uh, and then I ate some salmon for dinner, which was delicious. So I'm, I'm good. I'm happy. So it's guys, a, great you guys. That's yeah. a great day.
2: That's a great
0: day. Ross, how are you doing? You were in a new location. Ross, what are you up to?
2: I am actually up in northern Minnesota. My family's been going to the same resort for the last thirty-two years. So it's a pretty cool tradition we got going on. One of the one of the tough things I've been going through while I've been up here though is when you've been working from home for a while in today's today's day and age in the workplace where you can, you know, work from home with your computer all the time, I feel like you always have to be on when it comes to work, even when you're on vacation. So I'm getting calls and I'm getting Emails and requests, even though people know I'm gone, but I feel like in today's society, you have to continue to respond to those. So it kind of pisses me off. Like, there's no way 40 years ago when my mom came up here with her kids or her parents that that she was getting any sort of, you know, messages from Ravens asking her to finish up her work or anything like that.
4: So you don't you don't just put on the away message. I'm on vacation. I will not respond until next Monday. You I, don't put that on. Is that I not acceptable? I think it's
2: acceptable, but I think if you have any professional pride, it's not acceptable, Matt.
4: What? Uh, I don't know. I think I, I I'm I'm gonna di- po- pleasantly disagree with you there. politely disagree with you.
0: Uh-oh.
3: Not
4: again.
0: We're already on, yeah, on a bad foot.
4: Oh, th- this is in a good way. I think it's perfectly acceptable to say I am on family vacation. I will rarely check email and I will get back to you at my convenience. Otherwise I'll talk to you Monday. I mean, people have to respect that. Right. I
0: mean, I agree. I agree with Matt. Russ, if you emailed somebody and said, uh, I want you to get this done for me, I'm Russ. And all of a sudden they, you got back the auto reply, saying I'm on I'm on a family vacation for the next week. How would you I feel, would about feel
2: that that's completely reasonable, but sometimes Rob, just because we think what other people do is reasonable, doesn't mean we don't allow ourselves that same freedom. Does that make sense?
1: Oh, totally. It's the I worst. Know. You got you, you to give yourself permission, Russell, to be on yeah. vacation.
4: Especially if it's like one week, one week of summer, right? Like right. This, this, is, this is it. You know, if you, the other times you're up at uh, some of our
2: sponsors. I think you go up there a lot. The problem with that is, Matt, I've been quote unquote working from home from my brother's resort, which is about 30 minutes from here. And I think my coworkers are starting yeah. to be in on the bit that, well, I'm actually just sitting out on a picnic table, drinking beer all day. Well, I'm supposedly been working <laughs> from home for the last six weeks. Yeah, yeah but it's not their f-
0: need, They don't need to know that. Yeah. It's not their fault that their home sucks compared to yours. I mean, their home doesn't have uh, a picnic yeah. table. They can suck it. Put that, in your, put that <laughs> in your thing. I'm away for a week. Too bad you don't have a picnic table. Suck so <laughs>
1: it. Russell. And then the sound of a beer opening.
0: Yeah. Say, Russell, we don't give a shit about any of this. What we really want to know right now is how did the baby shower go? Did you get a date yep. out of it? Yes or no? It's Let's important. hear it, The uh, yep.
2: Baby shower went great. I showed up a few minutes late because, of course, you never want to be the first person there. We talked last time about being the last no, person there and being no. there till the end. But are you guys like me? Are, do you do you show up fashionably late or what, when do you arrive for a party?
0: I show up the moment they unwrap those deviled eggs, Russ. Give me those deviled eggs right now. Oh, I'm on five yes. of them before
2: anybody can take
0: one. Oh, you're having a baby? You know, stuff. questions like that. Like, oh, man, nice work having sex. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Give me this. And just your mouth is full of deviled eggs. And you're just
2: eating deviled eggs after deviled eggs. <laughs> I'm sorry, Russ, what was the question again? <laughs> Rob, Rob, do you show up before or after they open the deviled eggs, I think was the question.
0: Oh, well, I'm always rolling around with Jenny. So we're always fashionably, fashionably late. We're super late all the time.
2: <laughs> I have found I have
4: found with kids, right? I mean, people set up these things. My brother had a birthday party for his one year old daughter the other day and it's set up from four to eight, right? Like I've got a yeah, five right. and a five and an eight year old. I am not keeping them entertained for four hours. No, I will show no. up 30 to 45 minutes late. We will leave 30 to 45 minutes early. We shrink that time as much as possible. But people say show up at four o'clock. They're not going to eat till five. I think I'm going to roll in with my my two uh, hooligans close to five so we can just try to uh, minimize damage, minimize crying and just
1: Not try to have a table. And get yes.
4: The hell out. Yep. And, and get and get out of there. If you got no kids, they've got beer, things like that. You show up at four o'clock. But if you've got kids, you try to shrink that as much as possible.
1: My opinion. Rob, it's funny you mentioned deviled eggs. I always think, when I think of deviled eggs, I think one of my first bosses out and my first job out of undergrad uh, at a group home. Uh, and this guy, Gary, was a, a Harley rider. He was a super muscly dude. All I ever saw him eat was tuna. Like, he was just, like, hardcore exercise, only <laughs> ate tuna. And then one day, we had, like, a staff potluck, and there were deviled eggs, and I think he ate two dozen <laughs> deviled eggs. Like, those were absolutely...
5: Hell yeah,
1: brother. (laughs) Hand me those deviled eggs, brother.
0: That's what
5: I'm gonna eat tonight. (laughs)
2: Well, I have to say, they did not have deviled eggs there, but the thing they had which caused me the most stress were these little cupcakes. Have you guys ever had nothing but cakes? These stylish little cupcakes, and they just had tons of them. But it turned into this stressful thing because they looked delicious. And I saw this one guy went over and grabbed one, and then a few minutes later, he got another one. And my boss the owner of our company kind of called him out. Like he said, Oh, having another one. And it became like a whole thing. So then I literally spent like the next 30 minutes, not watching anyone open gifts or anything, but I just started thinking of like, how can I get more of these cakes without being caught and and shamed for overhanding.
1: Mm-hmm. Ooh, that seems like an unhealthy Tricky. situation. You yell, you
0: yell, hey, whose kid is that out the window? And then when they're all looking, you just <laughs> stuff those mini cupcakes Six right in your mouth. Bun cakes. And yeah. then they, yep. when they're all gone mm-hmm. and
2: they look around and they look at me at the end and they clearly know that I'm the culprit with that. But the other the other stressful thing <laughs> for this baby oh, shower God. for me was they did. where the cupcakes <laughs> go? <laughs> they, they had a diaper <laughs> raffle, so if you bring diapers, you get your name in a drawing or something. And so I've got to go through the diaper aisle, and it's all confusing. There's numbers on them. I'm not sure if this is for the age or what the hell it's for. So what number What number did you pick, Russell? i got the one at the farthest end. I think it was Anna, which I'm assuming was for newborn.
0: Oh, my God. Ding, ding, ding. Russell, that's the winner, biggest winner. size. Those are for adults. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, it's a good thing, It's a good thing, Rob. I also showed up with my own adult diaper, so we've got it covered The either age of the spectrum.
1: <laughs> from from the womb yeah, to the t- tomb. <laughs> Russell's got it
2: covered.
1: <laughs> womb to tomb.
0: Normally you don't say the word tomb at baby showers, but I think this is a good one. Hey, you know, this kid's going to die sometime. They're probably going to wear an adult diaper like I have on. Hey,
2: are those deviled eggs? You're going to want to... <laughs> and so after they opened the adult diapers, what got me nervous is when they do this drawing. And I'm curious, I didn't want to win one of the prizes. I didn't want everyone to look at me. I didn't want to be the center of oh, attention. No. I'm a very social guy, but for some reason in that type of atmosphere, I do not want the attention. And I was praying.
1: Because you're stuffed to the gills with butt kicks.
2: Yeah. I was praying that they wait, were wait, not going to... He's got 10 cupcakes. <laughs> You know, they look over me and my hands are full of velvet red or velvet velvet red cake or whatever that is. It would it would have been a complete nightmare. So I was doing everything I could. They they pulled someone's name and they weren't there and they said, Oh, you gotta be present to win and I'm like, No, 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 no. Well I'm trying to grab another of the cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go look at the rule book. It's right
0: behind these cupcakes. <laughs> so what was, so the, they played the diaper raffle. Did they play any other games there, Russell? Did they do the candy in the diaper? There
2: was, there was, there's no candy in the diaper. I, I asked about that and all my coworkers stared at me. And I think I may have an HR complaint coming <laughs> against me on Monday.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but overall now tell us about your leaving the party.
0: Did you, did you take Matt's advice from last week?
2: I I did. I did
0: ghost them, or did you? I did
2: not Irish exit, but I had plainly laid out to my coworkers that I was going to be leaving at five, and I left at five. I just held to what I was going to. I had said what I was going to do, and and I made it happen. Nice work, man. Of his words. Nice work.
0: Way to way to stay strong, Russell. Is that all you brought? Did you bring diapers? Did you bring anything else? I
2: actually I actually showed up with a. My coworker is a big Chicago Cubs fan. Rosie's a big Cubs fan. But so I got her a, a book called Goodnight Cubs. It's kind of like after the book Goodnight Moon or whatever that kid's book is.
1: Nice job, Russell. I got hats off go. to you, Russell. That's yeah, a great job. I, you are, you're, you're a baby shower guest extraordinaire.
0: You're a thoughtful human being, Russ, and that's rare these days. Uh, so let's go into our next segment, Rolling well known This is stuff that we want to make more well-known because we're recommending it to each other. I'll start with mine because mine is not very good. I've got a Plex on my computer where you can put all these video files and it organizes it for you automatically. So I have all my movies now on my computer and like I have totally alphabetized. It'll play previews for you from other movies that you have. It's a really nice way to kind of organize everything. I love my Plex. I don't know what I'd do without it. I have it on like a ten terabyte hard drive. I just can't get enough. I got I a question for as, you. I got I a question as hell. But Matt, what's up?
4: How many how many times do you rewatch a movie? Uh,
0: almost, almost never. Almost never.
4: So yeah. do you remember in college where everything like it was like social, uh, it was social cash to have a whole bunch of movies so people would come in your dorm room and look at them yep. and then and literally we,
1: rounders and over there are thousands of times
4: from the time that we got to college to the time we got out of it like this just turned into worthless pieces of plastic and, and whatever <laughs> cds are made out of oh yeah like, you might as well just throw them away but like going off to oh yeah for christmas yeah just give me a couple new movies things like that <laughs> and then they're just worthless literally yeah. four
0: years later I've got a big book that I've moved out of at least five different domiciles and it's just full of DVDs and CDs. I don't even think I have either one of those players in my apartment right now. I know I don't have a DVD player. I don't think I have a CD
1: player anywhere. CDs, man. CDs are the one I wish I hadn't given up on. CD was, is actually a perfect format and, and, and I gave up on it way too early. I got rid of a bunch of CDs that I wish I had. Perfect format how? Huh? Uh, it's durable. The okay. sound is actually really good. It doesn't take up that much space. Okay, and you get what you want, you know. With streaming, you get what the streaming companies tell you you want. like, I'm going to talk about that when we talk about this album. Okay, and uh, CDs, I think, are they were actually the perfect for Aaron.
2: Have you listened to any of these albums have on I, a CD yet?
1: I have not, uh, because I don't own any of them on a CD, and I also the only CD player I have right now is in my car, so I don't. Uh, <laughs>
0: I got fucking hundred laser discs. What am I going to do with those? <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what's your rolling well known? What are you into today? Oh, it's a
4: it's a constant battle. Anybody who's married or has a significant other to try to find something to watch with a significant other, and it's a it's a, it's a it's a healthy balance, right? Like I would, I I binge shows and I love binging shows, but mm-hmm. with a significant other, that's not how it rolls. You know, you watch you watch one. They're checking Instagram. They're checking whatever else they're checking, and uh, you might get something out of it. This is kind of an old take. It uh, happens to everybody, but you know, you just you got to find a happy medium between between watching something that's awesome that you want to binge and something that's just okay, and you hope that the wife picks the okay thing so that you're okay with just watching one episode a night. Yeah. And so I think we found it. We're on Apple TV, the new Apple Plus. Um, there's a there's a, a book called Defending Benjamin, I think. And they made an eight-part series out of it, and we're into number three. But I'd, I'd recommend it. It's a murder whodunit
0: um, on Apple Plus, Defending Benjamin. Aaron, what are you What are you rolling well-known? What do you want to recommend?
1: So that's interesting you say rolling well-known because what I'm going to recommend, I think, is quite well-known. Um, maybe this is basic. Uh, I think it's one of the uh, most streamed movies uh, in America this week. It is the old guard. The new. It's on Netflix. I think it was intended for theaters, uh, but came out on Netflix. The new sherry's Theron. Did you say Theron or Throne, giant? I'm a Theron. Um, I'm a
3: Theron,
0: but yeah. Yep. Potato, and, potato uh, I say Theron. I, get, I put a little <laughs> class on it.
1: I gotta say hi to my neighbors. They're just coming in from their bike ride. Tell them that we're and, fucking uh, doing a
0: podcast. Shut those goddamn <laughs> kids up. What's up,
1: y'all? I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> No, God,
3: don't
0: say that. That's
1: the most embarrassing thing you can say. The, the dirtiest thing possible.
0: And then the next question is always, what's it about? And then you're like, well,
1: yeah. there's a five... Uh. They're, they're, their dad's like, don't grow up to be like this guy. He yeah, yeah.
2: Kids, he like takes him, takes him away, gives Aaron, you a look. Aaron, are these the neighbors <laughs> that came over to have an hour-long discussion about your compost bin with you a few years ago when I was there? That would be it. Yep, you got it. That's correct. Oh
0: boy, That's the talk of the town. California
2: for you. You know how I know you live
0: in the Bay Area? You talk about your compost. That's what it's like in Vermont, too, is that when we'd have people over to eat, they would get done eating and they'd say, oh, where's your compost? Like, it wasn't like, (laughs) do you have, they're like, where is it? So we immediately had to get one because we didn't have one to start with. And they looked at us like, like we would have said, oh, yeah, we have a bunch of locked up children in the basement. Like, that's the look they (laughs) gave us when we didn't have. (laughs) <laughs> we didn't have compost so we immediately like had to get a compost it's like oh yes i love having this stinky ass thing in my kitchen oh yeah so good i love it
1: it's part of the culture we've gone through several compost you know regimes and i think the one we have now works really well uh so yeah but back to the old guard uh it's an action film um charlie's throne is fantastic i feel so uh we're going to talk someday about my how my opinions on stevie wonder differ from some of yours. And I feel the same right now about Shirley's Throne as I do about Stevie Wonder. Like this is greatness, while it still exists, you need to appreciate what's going on. So I think she's like aging gracefully into some very cool roles. But um, basically what I want to say is I like The Old Guard. It's an action film uh, that has uh, dabbles in the supernatural and immortality. Uh, I think the fight choreography is fantastic. Uh, Shirley's Throne is out here like merkin dudes with double taps in the forehead and swords. Uh, There's a super great scene where the the two ladies shoot four dudes at once, and all four dudes hit the floor at the very same time. Uh, So that's a fun one. It's two hours, um,
4: but uh, so Supernatural. Where where are we at on the scale of Supernatural? Because that's always where I get lost. Like you know, Stranger Stranger Things is a five, let's say, and
1: this is like a two. So I mean, I don't want to give too many spoilers away, but basically, there's a team of soldiers who are immortal. Okay. But otherwise, they don't really have that many powers. So it's all like, right.
3: All
4: right, that's like, good. Their powers
1: come from you know having lived for thousands of years and you know learned stuff. So really I right. enjoyed that one. My lady liked that one. She's not a big action fan, so sorry that was a little longer than I intended. That's my rolling ball down.
0: Uh, that sounds good. I'm I'm down. People shooting people, sign me up. I, I have to admit, I watched, I used my Plex the other day to watch Judge Dredd starring Sylvester Stallone. Terrible. Okay, awful, awful movie. <laughs> that same night, I was like, oh, I want to see this new Dredd movie with uh, the guy from The Boys, Carl Urban. And that movie kicked ass. It was so good. It was just like the raid where he had, he's like, there's a building. There's 100 floors. We got to get to the top. Okay, there's the movie. Like, no, nothing else. It was, it was very enjoyable. I love the Dredd. Uh Russ, what do you want a rolling what do you want a rolling well known?
2: I have to say so you guys are all dads, I am not a father, but I've got nieces and nephews and I think when you get one thing you guys can probably echo or appreciate is when you go on vacation with kids, there's a fine line of whether Sucks. this is vacation or this is pure hell, right? Never vacation. Yeah. I don't
0: my vacation is when I drop them off at the airport and then I go park the car <laughs> to get in the <laughs> And then I'm walking from the car to the airport. I'm like, oh, God, this is such a great vacation. I love it.
2: So what I've realized, what I've realized, as much fun as I've had with my nieces and nephews fishing and whatnot, eventually I need time to prepare for this podcast, right? I need to get rid of these kids right. somehow. And I've time. found that the best tool in the world for this, and you guys have probably seen it, your kids have probably seen it, is this YouTube show, Ryan's Toys. we never heard of it.
4: Oh yeah, well, know about yes, yeah. know about it for sure. That dude's like makes like twenty million bucks a year. Yeah, they they make
0: insane money. It's
2: yeah. it's just some you know eight year old kid and his sister and their parents and they just order new toys from Amazon, open them up, and essentially my nieces and nephews would rather watch other kids play with toys than actually <laughs> play with the toys themselves. Mm-hmm. And at, there's part of me that thinks this is just ridiculous. This is the downfall of society. These are our future leaders. But then the other part of me thinks, well, I don't care as long as they're not bothering me while I'm listening to Saturday Night by Elton John. I'm cool. Yeah. yeah.
0: You're like, kids, this is Jamaican jerk off. You got to get out of the room right now. <laughs>
3: no,
0: that's like it's like it's like pornography for kids, right? It's like, oh, here's this great thing that you're never going to be able to get. But watch these other people play with it. Yeah, I'm going to edit that out. That's not good. I don't like, I don't like the words <laughs> pornography and kids being so close to each and other. Plan, and playing
1: with it.
2: <laughs> they really,
1: really messing up our That seemed really here. funny
2: in my head, and then when it came out, it seemed really uh, actionable. Speaking of Jamaican jerk-off and computers, though, in oh, no! Though, I have to wow. say, I think this How is the I first. This? I think okay. this is the first time on this quest... Where I had to sit and think about whether I could Google the lyrics to a song (laughs) on my work computer. (laughs) I chose not to do
0: it. Yeah, I will say, Alexa, if you ask her to play Jamaica jerk off, she goes, Jamaica, boop, (laughs) which is not good. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it sound so much worse.
1: I don't think the song is actually about jerking off, right? It's just a dumb novelty song.
0: Yeah, we'll get into what it's about. It's about an experience you had in Jamaica recording the album in the first place because what a clusterfuck that was. But let's let's before we talk about that, what's your personal history with the with Elton John or this album in general? Uh, let's let's start it from the reverse, Russ. What's your personal history with this album?
2: My personal history, I I would say I'm not I was never a huge Elton John fan going into this, so I have to look at it from just an Elton John perspective. Mm-hmm. And I remember as a kid, I knew who Elton John was, but I don't think as a as a teenager that I grew up or that a lot of my friends grew up being Elton John fans. I think we were more fans of you know, harder rock or alternative music or rap. And Elton John felt kind of like my parents' generation. So I don't think I ever really got into it as a fan. And for me, my biggest Elton John memory is him singing at Princess Die's funeral and singing that song. I think it went on to be one of the biggest selling singles of all time. But honestly, I don't really have any history with this album. And my history with Elton John is is really knowing him through the the Princess Die song back in 1997. And I know some of his music going on afterwards, but I've always kind of put him in that Billy Joel category where now I think as I've gotten a little bit older, I really appreciate and enjoy the music. But as a kid, yeah. I never really connected with it. Aaron, what about you?
1: Yeah, this one, you guys, so I will echo Russell's sentiments. I, I thought uh, a lot of this music sounds a lot like Billy Joel's albums from a similar time period. And I didn't get a chance to research who was doing what first, but they clearly were, you know, borrowing from one another. Um, So I listen I listen to a few other music podcasts. Am I am I allowed to shout out other music podcasts on this podcast?
0: Oh yeah, sure. a ton of people are gonna hear this. (laughs) Not if you want your
2: twenty-five percent split of our hundred million dollar Spotify deal, you better not. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: really enjoy uh Heat Rocks with uh Morgan Rhodes and uh Oliver Wong. And they frequently ask a guest, you know, how did you come to this album? and they'll often, you know, say, oh, I, I never knew a time when I didn't know of this artist. And that's how it is for me. Like, I can't think of a time when I didn't know of Elton John. Um, and it was, it was an artist that was, I know, played around my house a lot. I know my mom was a big fan. So I had to call my mom last night to confirm, like, mom, were you an Elton John wait, fan? Wait, 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 wait,
0: wait, 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 wait. Yep. Is this the part where we talk about your mom?
1: I think this is it. This is what we're talking okay, about, okay. my mom. Yeah.
0: It's 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 time for one-on-one with Aaron's mom. Okay, go
1: ahead. Okay, so what were you saying about your mom?
2: I called. I have to say, this is the most relieved I've ever been that I don't think Rob was in bet, ever invited to your house in college because if he would have talked to your mom in that voice, I think every part of me would have just shriveled up and died. Just, uh, <laughs> right?
1: Too, too much. Way too much.
2: Okay, I, didn't, I really so didn't I, mean I, to distract I to you. I own
1: this album on vinyl. I had this album on vinyl, which was a fun listening experience because the vinyl is the original pressing from 73. and then I, I, So I listened to that on my vinyl speaker's and then uh, I've also listened to the, uh, the version that's on Spotify, which is the 2014 remaster. And that's been on my Sonos. So it's been fun for me to try to understand. do so I really hear a difference. Anyway, we're talking about my mom. I called my mom last night. I was like, Mom, were you really an Elton John fan? Or was it just on the radio? And she said, oh, yeah. My, my best friend growing up, Gretchen and I, we were big Elton John fans. And, you know, at the time, like, I, I didn't, uh, like, you couldn't always know the lyrics to songs because you didn't have the internet. So we would slow down the record to try to hear the lyrics and then write them down. And my friend Gretchen was way better at writing down lyrics than I was. Uh, so I really, I truly enjoyed like talking to my mom about this record. And uh, you know, she she knew like like the lyrics about you know, electric boots, Mohair suit, read in the magazine, goodbye yellow Brick Road, where the dogs of society howl. Like those still just like come right to her mind. So I, like that made me feel pretty emotional. And then the other weird thing about this album that really hit me in the feels, right in the cardiovascular, is Russell mentioned uh, Candle in the Wind, uh, so so John re-recorded Candle in the Wind for Princess Di, right? Mm-hmm. And Candle in the Wind for me is associated, for me, the memory of that song is associated with my dad, because, <laughs> because I remember my dad happened to be home watching the news the night that Princess Diana died, and my dad was not an Anglophile or a royal family person, but I like strangely have like a vivid memory of like watching cnn with my dad when Princess diana died so uh this album definitely resonated with me like very emotionally i have some thoughts about how it sounds and the songs and the uh you know general composition of the album but yeah it's an album that, that for me is like right it just like lives in my heart and my gut somehow and i didn't really realize it till i started listening So thank you guys for taking me on this journey
0: Okay well now I feel bad but I have to play this again To close up. the segment it's, 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 it's time for one
1: on one With Bird's
0: <laughs> mom Oh yeah
5: <laughs> Okay so
0: I that, I, I realize now I should not probably Play that
5: at the end after that story
1: I that's, really should have re- really oh, yeah. re- <laughs> oh yeah I, sh- I should have recorded bow, the conversation with
2: that's, And my that's,
1: mom did say she wants to listen to this podcast nice.
2: so. <laughs> She's got her own segment now. Yep. She's uh, on. Well, it's a good thing I held off on the fact that I believe out of the four of us on this podcast, or the three of us other than Aaron, the only person's room she's ever slept in during college was mine. <laughs> That's right. That's one hundred percent correct. Oh 100% yeah. Correct.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's time for one on one with Aaron's mom. Oh yeah. All right. Muscle's bedroom. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I, showed a lot of I feel also like I showed a lot alcohols. of rolls. Rest- I showed a lot of restraint making that sting. I feel like, I feel like did, I could have yeah. gone a lot more. I- you
1: could have gone further. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No problem. I-, mm-hmm. I get credit for not being a terrible person. Uh, Matt, Matt, what's your, what's, what's your history with Elton John and this album in particular? I, uh, I mean this album
4: in particular, not much. Uh, I had the, the greatest hits, the CD white, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's a double album. Yep. White cover. Them. Um, you know probably late 90s and had and just listened to it on repeat for a long time and it wasn't so much um that i i i you know that i had this big feeling with it and i you know it resonated i just think the songs he's got so many great songs um mm-hmm. that you kind of get the Benny and the Jets and you know so realizing this is kind of the first time I realized that this is the album that it came from because I've, I've always just listened to the greatest hits. Um, you know, I've seen him live with Billy Joel a couple times. Phenomenal! Uh, can, can I, I ask think, Matt?
2: Yeah. Can I ask Matt? Yeah. When when you say you've seen him with Billy Joel, I was going to ask you guys. Who's kind of the bigger act? Who said the most successful career? Who opens for who when you see they, Billy they Joel and John off. together?
4: They switch off. So, they, so Billy Joel opened one night, Elton John the next, and then they come out and play together to end it. Mm, and so cool. kind of like an encore together That's where they're playing cool. each other's songs. And, you know, they got two pianos playing back-to-back kind of a deal, and so they make a whole thing of it. So, you know, to, to your guys' point, I don't know who came out first or second or last or whatever, but um, I think... Elton was on the scene first, but Billy Joel—I mean—he's got a different sound, uh, much more of a New York nightclub kind of a sound than than Elton John, in my opinion. But um, you know, so I don't have this album—not much. The songs, a ton of history. Uh, Elton John, a ton of history. I mean, he's easy to—he's easy to sing in karaoke. Um, Everybody knows his songs. Um, What's a a go-to?
0: What's a go-to Elton John song? Oh,
4: yeah, I think Tiny Dancer.
0: Oh my yeah. god, that thing's like ten minutes long! You're one of those karaoke guys. Well,
4: <laughs> when you're
0: hammered, you just go
4: with what you, you know, is, right? Attention. And so, I have to,
0: I have to admit, one time when I when I was uh, drinking a little bit at my sister's before my sister's wedding, I did sing that meatloaf song. Um,
2: Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. Yes,
0: I did do Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. And that's also yeah. a 10 minute one. And I also did the whole baseball call. The full full in the Rizzuto, middle of it. You did the full Phil
1: Rizzuto baseball call. I,
0: I, I absolutely. And I nailed it. I'm pretty sure. That's how I remember it anyway. I believe it. When you bring
2: right. up Meatloaf, I'm kind of curious who do you think's had a better run? Meatloaf the singer or Meatloaf the food? <laughs> the food? <laughs> by far. Probably the food. And uh, yeah,
4: it, was, the it, was, food. it was brought back to life by Will Farrell. And, and uh, what was that? Ma! It's some meatloaf. <laughs> yeah, wedding but, crashers. What, 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 but I don't I know think, what she's doing back there.
0: But I, I think if you had to tell me, you could never have meatloaf again, or you could never hear meatloaf again. Oh. I would say I could never eat meatloaf again. I take I that in two seconds. Same.
2: Agree. Hundred percent. Agree. When have you guys what? ever ordered meatloaf at a restaurant? Never. Never. No, that would be was the a, saddest all day. All the time.
0: All well, the time. The, <laughs>
5: Matt's an eighty year old guy.
2: <laughs> if you well, go to I like a, a like a greasy spoon
4: where like this, oh, this is on special or meatloaf. You order that shit. <laughs>
0: oh my god! If somebody specializes in meatloaf. That's no. the best. Just the name, a, meatloaf. Matt, that's the ugh.
1: leftover meat from the whole week. They just no, it no, no. No, no.
0: <laughs> no, it's. I'm sure where Matt's going. It's top shelf sirloin, grade A Kobe beef.
1: Was it Town Hall at Seven Corners that had a meatloaf sandwich? That was good. I like the meatloaf sandwich, but I, I haven't eaten meatloaf for fifteen years. But you ugh. guys
4: don't make meatloaf. I mean, never. Never. My lady's been it. uh, Well, so is mine. My kids aren't. So (laughs) we
1: should talk, Rosie, (laughs) offline. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt.
0: (laughs) Uh-huh. i gotta admit that my mom made absolutely positively the worst meatloaf in the history of human being. There you go, yeah. hy- and it pains me to say it because i love my mother and, sh- and now as a parent i just realized like why my parents were always pissed off all the time like they're just constantly <laughs> mad and i was always like
5: god why are they always pissed off
0: and now i understand and but her meatloaf it was just like i would hear these stories about oh i love meatloaf i love meatloaf and this thing came out and it was like a charcoal briquette, but bigger, oh. like it was uh, just probably crazy. your thing. Yeah. Oh, it was just awful. I'm like, there's so many good foods out there. Why are we stuck eating literally a loaf of meat? Like if you called it a loaf of meat, nobody would order it. It's not, but it's not <laughs> like you're just putting, it's not
4: like you're just putting hamburger in that little bread tin thing and then coming out i mean you got to make it right putting in onion soup mix and cheese and ketchup and all sorts of stuff i
0: mean you got to make it right so
1: obviously we need to have a cooking episode we yeah we're gonna have a
0: special episode matt you send me a recipe and before the next one i will make meatloaf for my okay. kids okay and my mom and dad who i'm currently staying with yeah and we will i will i will let you guys know how that goes i know everybody's waiting on, on Tenter Hooks. They want to see Rob's meatloaf. What's going to happen? Everybody's so excited. This is sounds the, good. It's the time excited. of the century.
2: Rob, are you sure that your parents weren't mad all the time? Because your mother would do anything for love, but, but she <laughs> wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> right. hey, but Rob's
5: Anna,
0: mom. All right, <laughs> no. oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. I'm in charge. I make the stings. You guys don't get to make the stings. I'm going to start over in 2020 for friends.
1: <laughs> I'll make one comment. I want to make one comment in response to Matt, and then we got to hear Rob's experience with this album. I think this album sounds like a greatest hits album, and I don't know when we get into that, but I think the album makes no sense in terms of sequencing or tracks that fit oh, together. No. Oh, it's horrible. That's Jams my start to finish, but the whole album makes no sense together. But Rob, I want to hear what you got to say. Actually, Elton John for me,
0: was, I, I, it was one of the few CDs I owned was his greatest hits and his greatest hits too. And uh, I actually lost those CDs. And it's one of those, you know, where you lost (laughs) it, then you were like, do I buy these again? And sure enough, those are two that I bought twice. I mean, I loved them so much. They're so good. When I was in sixth grade, 1991, Rod Stewart came out with a version that got pretty big of your song.
5: And you can tell everybody this is your
0: song. And I always said to myself, when I get married, this is going to be the first song of my wedding. And then I realized, like, later when I was older, I was like, oh, that's Rod Stewart's version. Like, if I play that <laughs> at the wedding, that's going to be really shitty. And so that it ended up being the the first dance uh, at my wedding for my wife and I. It was your song by Elton John. And then just last year, my parents came out to New York. And it's something that is has never been heard of. My parents came with me to, uh, to Madison Square Garden. And we saw Elton John and his Farewell, wow. brick Road tour. So we, we saw him in the garden. And we had a great time and that I, I, fuck, I should go look up the set list right now because he played songs that I didn't know what they were, but like this song for a funeral, that's how he opened up the second half of his show.
1: That's what I'm saying. This is a jam I did not know. And song yes. for a funeral slash love lies bleeding.
0: It, it was so good. Oh, so good. I disagree. And the concert was fantastic. And part of the, part of the, part of the reason I love the concert is they have a camera that just shows his hands. And if you ever look at Elton John hands, he looks like he has baby doll hands. His fingers are so short and so fat, right? They literally are, like, tiny. And yet he can move all over that piano, and he's playing it so fast, and he's wearing these giant rings. It's just fascinating to watch him play because he's a true, like, savant on the piano. I mean, it's—, it's Contrast
1: it's that wild. with Billy Joel, who literally looks like he has meatloaf hands, and, like, <laughs> hands made of meatloaf, yeah. and he can play the hell out of a piano.
0: Yeah. I mean, neither guy you would be worried about taking, like, your wife away from you at any point, I guess for various Billy Joel, reasons. Yes. Billy Joel,
1: please. Would, <laughs> Billy Bill Joel was married to Chrissy Brinkley. I would hide my wife around Billy Joel, no doubt. That wasn't a time
0: where, like, you could just... Ugly guys were dating movie stars. That, that was like Lyle Lovett, you know, Rico Julia you Roberts time. Yep. Like, anybody, if you could sing, <laughs> girls were like, oh, yeah, I love this guy. That's why I always wanted to start a band when I was younger. I was so jealous of those guys that did, like, battle the bands in middle school. Cause I was like, Oh, I bet they're getting so many women. Like that was like the focus of my life from about 1992 to about 2020. Um,
2: <laughs> Rob, I bet Billy Joel can't squat 110 pounds, but if he looked at your wife the wrong way, you'd never see her again.
1: Yep. That's it. <laughs> true player for real yeah it's They'll true the around me mm. it's totally true if
0: we look at the yeah, if we look at the rolling stones greatest albums list uh we have before this the three before this are at Folsom Prison by Johnny Cash Dusty oh, in good. Memphis by Dusty Springfield Talking oh, Book by so Stevie good. Wonder then we awesome. have Elton John Goodbye Yellow Brick Road and then the <sighs> Buddy Holly 20th gold hit greats that we have to do next Sino the Times by Prince and the 40 greatest hits by Hank Williams so that kind of shows you where we are on the list and I want to put this album into contrast. Context. Context. <laughs> Edit that out. I want to put that album into context. In 1973, the, the number one selling album of all time was the album by War. Um, and actually,
1: no El-
0: Elton John's earlier album also was one of the top selling albums of 1973. Elton John was on an absolute tear. The Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player was the number one song for two weeks of 1973 and then his album came out at the head at the end of the uh, year beating out the allman brothers band and rolling stones their famous album "Goathead head soup which actually or plays in, in which actually yeah plays in the story because they recorded it in jamaica which is exactly what elton john tried to do originally with this album this album spent eight weeks at the top um he released four <laughs> albums in 1970. i want you to think about that wow Like this is this is this is Elton John at his absolute peak of creativity, his absolute peak of his just churning out album after album. Um, They basically Bernie says that he wrote this album, the lyrics in two weeks, and Elton John took three days and composed every single song in Jamaica.
2: You realize he achieved more in three days than all four of us will combine in our life, unless Spotify pays us 100 million for this podcast sometime soon.
1: <laughs> Spotify, everyone's favorite streaming service. I, if you <laughs> had one song
0: that was as good as like Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, I'd be like,
1: Yeah, I'm happy. Like, if that's I had why, one song know- as good as Roy Rogers, I'd be happy. I gotta yeah. talk about Roy Rogers when we get to it. Yeah, that's a um, good one
0: so they they originally wanted to record the song in jamaica and when they went down there it turned out that frazier was fighting foreman down there so it was a big mess and the recording studio was totally broken and they wanted to record down there because cat stevens and uh the rolling stones had just recorded albums down there and so he thought it would be fun and he realized that when he tried to record he originally recorded i think like the uh saturday night's all right for fighting he said it sounded like it was coming over the worst transistor radio ever so they immediately <laughs> went back to the chateau in france uh, where they've recorded their two earlier albums uh, of the last, in the last 12 months, and they started recording there. And basically, he has this cool story of every morning they would come down, and Bernie would have had all these lyrics that he would have written at night, and Elton had a piano down at breakfast, and all the instruments were around the breakfast table, and they would basically just create the songs right there and record them basically the same day that they were written, which I thought was really cool.
1: Just cranking it
0: out, man. Let's put in work. If you, had to guess, if you had to guess real quick, how many studio albums do you think Elton John has? in his career 36. okay what do you think Matt
2: I'm gonna go with like 18. I don't think 36. But Russ, what do you think I'll go price is right and I'll take 19 and try to middle these guys the <laughs> correct answer is 33 so Ross you yay. win price is right Rose in the 1970s
0: Elton John album was number one for an average of one out of every four weeks in the decade wow, holy cow I mean, crazy. You, you don't realize how dominant he was. It's absolutely crazy. What were That's almost say, a right? quarter.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Holy shit. You were a math major, weren't you, Matt? Richfield math is a thing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was somebody going to say? I interrupted somebody. One thing I was going to ask you guys, and, and there's a specific song on this album that it kind of really mm-hmm. tripped me up. But as not a big Elton John fan and going into this quest, I wasn't a huge Rolling Stones fan either. I love both of their music now that we've been listening to them more. But mm-hmm. I have to admit, there were songs on here that I heard, and I don't know if I'm going to admit it because I'm embarrassed by it, where I thought the Rolling Stones sang these songs. Do you guys see like the similarity in some of the music there? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what what <laughs> on earth are that. you talking about? The I mean, one that jumped out to me... The most is Saturday Night's All Right. When I listened to that, I thought that was a Rolling Stones song. Obviously, I'm not as big of a music buff as you guys, but I I at first thought that was always a Stones song. And when I I was listening to it, I saw saw Mick Jagger singing this, not Elton John. And then when I listened to it a few times, I'm like, okay, it's Elton John. But I was embarrassed to text you guys because I thought I was looking at listening to the wrong album or something like that
0: you should have been embarrassed this is why no, i, can get I it. mean i can it's
1: similar it. like, you can hear the stones doing this something about the guitar sound is different to me also it sounds like a person like i i mean i hate to be this way but like Uh-oh. Uh-oh. something about elton john does not sound like a guy who got a belly full of beer right like he just he sounds like he's playing it to get the belly full of beer it just, I don't know what it is. It's it always—it's just it's funny to me that thinking. a guy
0: like Elton John is talking about how he's going to get out of switchblade and he's going to get more oiled than a diesel train. Like and that always—that <laughs> always tickled me. But of course, you know, Bernie <laughs> Toffin wrote all the lyrics to this, and who knows? Maybe he's like, maybe he's like era, Aaron's old boss who only ate deviled eggs, <laughs> rode around on a motorcycle. <laughs> hey, Elton, we should do a song about deviled eggs. I love them.
1: It somehow like a little too anthemic for the Stones for me, maybe. But I—I I mean, I can see that because, like, obviously. Obviously, Elton John was listening to the Stones, now we know, right, from having yep. read about his album. like Clearly, that's what was in his ears, which is a fun thing. When you get to study an album, it's fun to, like, if you can read about what the artists were listening to, it's fun to think about what was in their ears when they were, you know, making their albums.
0: I can tell you for this album, he had to have a whole bunch of shit in his ears because this song, I think, has some of the best, the best four openers in a row of any album. But after yeah, right. those, that shift in tone... the And he says yeah, there's a lot of different type of music on the album. There's a lot of different types of music on this album. It is right. a wild. He's really
1: packing it in. He's packing it in. It's a ride.
0: By the way, I, I should I should say Saturday Nightmare All Right for Fighting is the top single off this album. Is the first one released. Go ahead, Russ.
2: I have a question on the first song. I don't know if we were headed that way, Rob. But is this Funeral for a Friend, the first song, is it two songs in one or is this treated like a... a... <sighs> We are the champions. We will rock with Queen where they're always played together. Do you guys know if that's two songs or how does that work?
1: I mean, I can say on the on the, on the LP, on the vinyl LP, it's one track. There's no you know, there's no, there's no space between the two tracks on the, on the LP. Forward yeah, so like four, they're, they're like four minutes
4: gone. there, Rob. till we finally get to what's going on. Okay, so I'm going to
0: say right. again. I cannot tell you how much time is on here, only how much time is left. So I have to do math.
1: I also got to say, like, this this stuff reminds me so much of Jesus Christ Superstar, which also reminds me of my mom, because I have that one on Vinyl 2. Oh,
4: hold on, hold on. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> 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 no, so somehow this stuff just, like, speaks to me. But yeah, no, it, it's just it's one track on the LP. And I did not know these songs. And, ah, oh, this, I love this. These synths, right?
4: For the beginning of a song, for beginning of an album, though, Rosie...
1: But you know who did "Since" better than Elton John? Stevie Wonder. But we'll talk about that. Oh later. my the God! We, the weekend.
0: So, so. Oh, <laughs> This is a, this is a wild start to an album, though, isn't it? Because basically right? he wrote this song saying, "Yeah," he wrote this song saying, "I want to hear music that I would want to hear at my funeral," and this is what he came up with. And then he said that it ended in A, and "At uh, Love Lies Bleeding" starts in A, so he's like, "Oh, we can throw them together."
1: Yeah, they, and, are, and they work. So, but do
0: they when they play this on the radio? Do they play the whole thing?
1: Does anyone play this on the they radio? They don't play this on the radio.
0: No. I've heard "Love Lies" "Love Lies Bleeding" before. I know I have.
1: Then probably they just play, probably just play "Love Lies Bleeding." This sounds like disco almost.
0: I, I'm telling you, you, you didn't like this. I thought this was a jam. I thought this whole thing was a jam.
1: Oh, me too. This has been stuck in my head for days.
0: Nope, did not fast forward enough. This song is endless.
1: All right. Yeah. Right. This is uh, this might be my favorite song on the album.
2: Oh, wow. I think this is indicative of kind of the fun beats you're gonna have the whole hour and fifteen minutes on this album.
1: I
0: love the guitar. There's this guitar stings kind of where it's like ding 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 ding, and you hear sounds like Boston of those.
1: kind of. Yeah. Also. I discovered in researching this album that Love Lies Bleeding was the name of a flower. I did not know
0: that. Candle in the Wind, next song, coming up. So we go from this slow build to like this legit rock song, and then all of a sudden we're going to Candle in the Wind.
1: I, I guess, so I got... What do I we feel make? a little bit upset. I feel a little bit upset about Candle in the Wind. Why is that?
4: Is that it gets, that it gets, uh... Gets tagged with Princess Diana?
0: Is that what? No. You didn't find a nude when she was nude? That <laughs> so wasn't you finding no, her? So no. It's,
1: yeah. totally it's totally different. totally different. Read, I read an interview with Bernie Topin. It was sort of like... Nah, it was just like it was just about the alienation of fame, like whatever. And I just chose Marilyn Monroe because like she seemed older. And you I, know, I had like this thought in my mind that you know Elton John, like young man struggling with his identity, like really drew inspiration from her. And he was just sort of like, oh, I just you know, Bernie wrote the songs, I wrote the lyrics, I wrote the songs, just sang it. And I was disappointed because I. He
2: there said was it could have been anyone, more. Jim Morrison or anyone like yes, that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And that was a letdown for me. Kill but there's, a, idols, there's
0: yeah. a Rolling Stone article where they interview both of them, and they're both saying very different things. Because Elton is going on and on about how she's the most glamorous person, and she's, you know, was so important to him. Yeah, and then Bernie's like, ah, I could have been anybody who
1: cares. That's what I want to believe? No, I mean, I love the song. I got no problems with the song. It's just when I started reading about it, I felt sad. Do you think you could
0: sing? Do you think you could sing um, songs that someone else wrote and put the emotion into them that Elton John puts into these songs?
4: I think you hear it in his, in his piano play. That's, that's a little cheesy, but I think you hear and you see him, if you see him in concert, the way he plays, I think he, you know, I think the lyrics are, uh, they're wonderful. They're, they're, they're some of the best of all times, but I think you hear it in the way that he plays the song and brings the music to it
2: personally. I I thought the most interesting thing, I I I'd want to kind of echo Aaron about having kind of these flashbacks to where you remember like hearing this song or where you remember your parents being because i remember this to me was one of the first times when princess died died after that he sang this or before you know he sang this after at her funeral but that takes me back to when princess died and i think that was if I think about it, one of the first times that a celebrity died and it was a huge story, at least that I can remember. Now you've seen mm-hmm. it recently with the Kobe Bryant or someone like that. But yep. do you guys remember anything else like that? I remember there was the OJ car chase where everyone was watching it, and there were some other things like that where everyone was watching it. But other than that, I don't really remember a lot of things like that. And then when he followed it up with the kind of redo of the song, I just remember it being very uh, a very big deal at the time.
1: Totally, it was a big
2: cultural moment.
0: It was such a big news item that there were people in my high school who dressed up as passed away Princess Diana for Halloween one year.
2: <laughs> and how many years in a row did you do that, Rob? I just, that was just, <laughs> and
0: that was me who did it for one year at a party. And it, was, yeah. it was not, it was received well by the guys and not by the girls. And it was later until I realized that maybe that was the mistake I was making for most of my high school career, <laughs> is trying to go for laughs instead of impressing women.
2: The other thing that I thought about with this song is, Rosie, you were mentioning how it's really not about Marilyn Monroe, but I started thinking, what if it was really about Marilyn Monroe, and how would she feel about being kind of, they use her death to capitalize off of, I've always thought about this with those shows like 48 Hours or Dateline, Mm -hmm. how bad would it suck to only be remembered as the guy who got, who a lady had five different families and you were the fifth husband that she'd killed. I just think it's totally unfair. If I ever get killed and am the subject of a 48 hours or a dateline, mm-hmm. you as my friends have my power of attorney to stop them from ever making a story about how some woman cheated on me with 12 different guys. And I didn't want to listen to you. And then she killed me out in the mountains somewhere.
4: All right, Russ. All right, good. good. Good to, to know. Know.
1: This is a lot like that time. A lot like that time we had to cover our, we were going to cover for our friend who was doing auto-erotic asphyxiation. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, really
0: it, it's very is. similar. It's very similar. To be clear, the friend was not doing auto-erotic asphyxiation. We just assumed it was, and we said we would cover if we ended up We dead dead. We assumed, yeah. Yeah, well, I think we all did by the end. We talked about it for most of that trip. All right, next song, Benny and the I got to say, a lot of these songs, I love them. They are not very long.
4: So wow. here's my only thing, and I'm not going to speak too much on this album, but I really, really, really wish that this was the first song of this album and mm-hmm. that the one and two were towards the end.
1: Oh, that would be a big change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, because I, I do not
4: like the funeral for a friend start. I think it's great and mm-hmm. put it all together, but not as the start of an album. I think if you hear the beginning of Benny and the Jets here, and this is the beginning of this album, I think it would be so different and it would just it would be up there with some of the best
0: So so let's let's imagine I'm Aaron, I've stolen the record from my mom. I'm gonna put it on right now. Hear the crackle.
2: Apparently. They recorded
0: live crowd noise in the concert two years earlier and that's what they used
2: think we've taken a great lesson for that and had Rosie's Aaron's uh, fake laughs auto-piped into our podcast. It's been a great movie. For us. <laughs> Just every time I say something, I'm like, that better put it in that laugh. That was a good one.
3: <laughs>
0: so this song is kind of interesting. Elton did not like this song. He did not want to release as a single, oh. but a, a radio station in Detroit uh, told him, hey, this is our number one song by a mile off his album. Yeah. We've been playing it and people yep. love it. And he goes, oh, okay, let's, let's release it. And this ended up being, this ended up, yeah, being the the third, the third single after Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting and Good Yellow Brick Road, um, and being one of the biggest hits to come out of it. I yes. think it was also was
1: sampled it? by Biz Markie, right? Oh, Is this what he's on? Not on, not on, uh, not, on um, not on. She's got a friend, but uh, different song. Biz Markie sampled it.
0: Uh, those other Bismarcky songs that we're also familiar with um we go on to the fourth track title track
1: one of the better Uh, title tracks we've heard
0: oh so good
1: right i mean what can i say
0: I mean, you, you just get this feeling of like, you know, it's this guy went into the city trying to make something of himself, didn't work out, realizing he should go back. Like so many of these songs are just—it's just Bernie's heartbreak of not being successful, when ironically he was putting out hit album after hit album after hit <laughs> right? album,
1: one after and just dominating the charts. Yeah. I don't always love Elton's vocals, but there's such an ease to them, but like. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it reminds me of Lionel Richie. Like when I say "easy," I think of easy like Sunday morning. Just like up and down the the range, it's beautiful.
2: As our listeners know, we've been keeping track of our top ten title title songs on albums. So this is uh, welcome to Yellowbrick or goodbye Yellowbrick Road. So I figured like we could go through what we had as our top ten so far, and I wanted to see if you guys think this jumps into that top 10 list. You guys ready for, for me to sure. go down the list? Yeah, all right. Let's, let's hear, hear it. it. Yep. Let's so hear as it. we've discussed before, here are the top 10. What's going on? Marvin Gaye. Mother, there's too many of you to cry
1: Oh, that's a so good number one. with the bullet.
2: London Calling by The Clash London Calling through the also good. Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen <laughs> Michael Jackson, Thriller. Yeah, I would put Thriller above the song. Yeah, I think so. Hotel California by the Eagles. To the Hotel
1: That's last in the last in the uh,
2: last. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, about but, but you blast. can sing along. You know <laughs> the lyrics. Last. I know the lyrics to a lot of songs. Simon and Garfunkel, Bridge Over Troubled Water.
0: good one it's a good one i think it goes behind this one i'll say it goes behind this one though
1: ACBC. you know who's recording a bridge over treble water i enjoy is stevie wonder
2: oh. <sighs> oh my lord starting acdc <laughs> back in black back. Back in john lennon imagine
0: See, and that's a wild thing about this list, right? Is how do we compare AC/DC back in black? Yeah, I would say it's a better song, just because it's like it's a very clear of what it's trying to do, and I think it's better at that. But oh, it makes me ill trying to compare these two
1: songs.
2: Yeah, I can't. can't And the last one was the hidden track on Chuck Berry's album. It was that self-titled album, the Great Twenty Eight Toilet Cams. Rob, your thoughts. <laughs>
0: I listen. We all know that I love that album and I love that song in particular. That was
2: very good.
3: <laughs> <laughs> was very
2: good. <laughs> so my question is: Is do you have this track up on that list? So far, yes. I put
4: it top three. Yeah, I, I mean, this so is too. this is a great song.
0: So I think the album takes a little bit of a dip here in the middle. I mean, obviously, you have to take a dip after those songs. But what we start to see here is some wild, wild changes in the music. So well, this piano stuff, this is what makes me think of Billy Joel. I gotta say, I love the song. There was a number of times where Alexa oh, was playing yeah. this and I had to ask what the name of the song was. And it would be like, the song has no name. And I'd be like, you son of a bitch, Alexa, you tell me what's going <laughs> no, on. No, what is the name of the song? <laughs> Alexa, I'm your human
1: master. You will tell me. Um, I feel like this also, like, I think, you know, it's fun to think about like what, what, what begat what? Like if you're doing your Old Testament stuff, I feel like this is like Ben Folds Five. Like there'd be no Ben Folds Five if there weren't stuff like this.
0: I gotta say this song. I think it, it tails off a little bit at the end, which is why yeah. it probably it's not as popular. But this opener Next to it is is so fun. Gray seals, nice. pretty pretty prog rock. Yeah, and, and it reminds you a lot of what Philadelphia Freedom's going to come in a couple years with him, what that
1: sounds like. I do want to say, so this, so this, this drum sound, doo, doo, doo. that drum sound, I really, so I tried to put on my audiophile hat with this album because I listened to the vinyl as well as the digital remaster. Mm-hmm. And I think the digital remaster just seems louder in general, like it, they pumped everything up. But there's a drum sound on here that I cannot hear on my on my. Vinyl that that I yeah. So I don't understand remastering. I tried to like use the album as an opportunity. Rob, can, you, the world can you keep
2: us, playing but. a little bit? I think one of my favorite parts on this album is this build up to the chorus here.
0: I mean this this album was a joy to listen to for podcast. I have to say. Right
4: here,
0: to me, this is fun. Oh yeah. Now I will say I did listen to this album once lifting weights today. <laughs> and you want to guess does anybody want to guess what song came up right when I was gonna hit my heaviest set of squats? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's the eloquent <laughs> titled Jamaica Jerk Off. <laughs> this is a song I I haven't done this, but I listened to this album, you know, today I think I listened to this album three or four times. I skipped the song twice. I just couldn't I couldn't do it.
1: And it's not the worst, you know, English person dabbling in reggae song ever, maybe, but it's terrible. And I have to, I have to discuss on the pod that I discovered some, uh, racist album art in the liner oh notes God. of this album. Uh, and, uh, I was confused. And the strange thing is there's no mention of it on the internet. Somehow Elton John has been able to bury the album art here, but, um,
2: because it's a crap song. It's just a crap song.
0: Nobody has it's ever Eller. listened to this song in its entirety.
2: When you guys are deciding whether an album is properly ranked or overranked or underranked, how much do you hold one bad song against it? Like does this one song make you want to drop the whole album in your kind of, in your overall list? I think if there's two of these, you're always allowed me personally, <laughs> you're always
4: allowed one. I like that rule. No. You know, but if there's two, if there's a trend, then yeah, it drops it. But and I gotta there's say, always one.
0: I got to say, too, Elton John trying reggae is like, well, it's super offensive. And it's like, and it's not <laughs> great. And it's very bad. It's a huge blight on this album. It's it's not okay. great.
1: And it's, it's a, yeah, especially when you consider it as a double album and you just think. I mean, how many other things could you have left off if you started leaving Jamaica? like the whole side three is just like mm. yeah, he and must have yeah you, you could have left some more stuff.
0: yeah, it. he must have loved that song so much but like, no, you gotta have Jamaica jerk off now, Elton, please. please. <laughs> He's like, make it the single. but it's so different. It's, I mean so here we go. I've seen that movie too, right
1: yeah, this is this is like Elton John in his wheelhouse, right
0: just yeah right in his pocket.
2: I thought Rob was referencing the movie Jamaica Jerk Off. There, I got I got a little nervous for a second.
0: <laughs> no, I love Jamaica Jerk Off. The movie, a plus. System
4: ears, right? You, yeah, you held it in that. Yeah.
0: No, when I when I searched Jamaica Jerk Off on uh, the internet, I went down a a, a deep rabbit hole. It didn't take very that, long, but I went down a deep rabbit hole.
3: Just uh, is that uh, why you skip the song two times?
0: <laughs> <laughs> sweet painted lady sweet that's painted lady. <laughs> yes that is that's that's the science you know
4: i put this on the top third of this album was a deep jam yeah right. i like this one
2: matt i also really enjoyed this i know we've talked about billy joel a lot already but i think these albums where it's piano-focused has been a really nice departure from all the guitar-focused stuff we've mm-hmm. listened to the whole way. I just right. thought the album was really enjoyable. Well, you
0: know, this was the first album, too, that he recorded with his touring band. Every yeah. album up to this, he had recorded with like a studio band or just him on the piano. And so when people went to see him in concert, they were kind of blown away by how rock and roll the songs turned into. And so this was kind of his first time where he got to have this guitar player who ended up playing his entire career with elton john as one of the few band members uh, i I think the
1: guitar work on this album is pretty good i I really it stuck out to me i like the guitar
0: it's fantastic the ballad of danny bailey 1909 to 1934.
1: i just is there anything cooler than the bottom end of a piano yeah
0: this is a song that bernie said he wrote when he just saw the first line he was like man i just wrote a song because i thought of the first line I was like, I could never do that. Right? I didn't think of the first line, Jamaica jerk off. And then I was not able to complete the song. Um, here's a song, Dirty Little Girl. So just picture your mom sitting down and writing out all these lyrics. Dirty Little Girl. I think that's a fun thing to do right now. We can picture nice
2: this. Nice Is there kill any kill way we, have, we could have Matt, the poet, read the lyrics starting with, I'm going to tell the world? Yeah.
4: Well, if you give me two seconds,
2: we'll we'll let no, you pull it up, man. We're very
4: busy. I'm I'm gonna tell the world you're a dirty little girl. Someone <laughs> grab that bitch by the ears, <laughs> rubber down, scrub her back, and turn her inside out. Cause I bet she, I bet she, I bet she, oh, I bet she hasn't had a bath in a year.
2: <laughs> what <laughs> is there? Is there over? Is there a non-zero percent chance he collaborated with Axl Rose on this one? Yeah. <laughs> Duff
4: McKeegan, yeah.
0: The whole the whole group. <laughs> yeah, Bernie's like, Duff, I love your work. We gotta get together on this. Um, all right, all the girls love Alice.
1: Hey, this is like uh, everybody's favorite song, right? Like the Red one and all the other people like to cover.
2: It's interesting. I've looked at a site called Genius.com occasionally, and they usually have a brief write-up on the meaning of the song. And when I listened to it, I kind of got this positive vibe for it, vibe with it. But then when I read the meaning of it is, Alice is a heterosexual teenage girl who fell in love with an extremely profitable career as a lesbian prostitute, leading her to either commit suicide or be murdered. It's
1: unfortunate.
0: Well, thanks, Russ. Thanks for bringing us and, down on that. And, and that.
2: That was the first dance of my wedding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I'm never going to read lyrics again because I don't, I don't want to think of that while I'm listening to this awesome music. Okay, so how about this? Here's a, here's a
0: song that I can guarantee the lyrics are not any different than the mood of the song. And that this is, your sister can't twist, but she can rock and roll. <laughs> and this is the song I'm talking about where it's got this organ. Right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna play. There's an organ part in here. There's a song called Palisades Park that I'm gonna put in right now. Park. At a point, and then uh, yeah. Oh my god! Now I got to match it up with my voice. It's gonna be terrible. Um, but it sounds a lot like this song.
1: i like it to do the shout, uh 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 thing yeah. too. Mm-hmm.
0: I love this song until the organ kicks in. And as soon as the you organ mean the kicks circus in,
1: music. Oh yeah.
0: Oh, I fucking love circus music, but
1: But it's a weird gimmick in a yeah. song that's like pretty rockin' yeah i don't quite get it
4: so deep dive into that i mean is this like a anti rolling stones anti led zeppelin talking about blues is dead and all that rosie i mean is this like am i thinking too deep into this
1: no i mean it's a a good thought
4: this is just going into oh the blues is dead blues is dead all that stuff and those guys which you've talked about a number of times on this podcast. Continue to rip off the early blues. <laughs> <Yeah. but
1: laughs> no, you, you might be right. Yeah, that's what everybody was doing. Elton John was doing something different. I almost feel like it's a, it's a. Um, I don't know. I think you're probably right, Matt. I think he's he's kind of like pushing back on that. But it also reminds me strangely. I don't know why. You know, um, Paul McCartney had uh, vaudeville in his family. What, like his grandpa maybe? And it. Even, the, even at this really fast tempo with the big drums and stuff, it kind of reminds me of a Vaudeville tune. I, think, I feel like he's kind of like taking license from the Beatles to like bring in some other stuff into rock and roll. But I'm, I might be just really making stuff up right.
0: I got to say, I loved listening to this album and hearing these violent switches and tones of song. I thought it was really fun. It's, it's more fun than listening to like a Led Zeppelin where it's essentially the same song every single time. But I will say, if you listen to this album with other people in the room, and they're well, not listening, listening to it. <laughs> they're not listening to it for the same reason you are, where you have an awesome podcast with your three best friends um, that anybody's ever had. Except my dad does. He's recording the podcast in the room. Yeah, I see you, Dad. Um, he's oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> Rob's but, dad. But when you're listening to this song, when you're listening to this album, and they're like, oh, yeah, I love Yellow Brick Road. And the next song is Yellow. Everybody kind of looks at you like, hey, okay, what? You're like, no, we can't skip it. We have to listen to every song.
2: Do, do you guys not enjoy this song? To me, the, I, I'd never really heard this song before this quest, and this is one of the my favorite new songs that I've heard because of this quest. And to me, it's just so catchy. If you were to tell me that this isn't drawing you in to continue to want to listen to more Elton John, I think I would have to say, I can't be your friend anymore. Oh, no. We're
1: really working on ending our friendships. All right. Friendship
0: with Russell ended. I enjoy
1: I, the song. I just don't like the circus music. I music love, literally.
0: I love this thing. I, I love that Beach Boys type sound. It's just that middle part with the cliope drives me absolutely crazy. Uh, Saturday night, Li- Saturday nights, all right for fighting. This was the first single. Just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with in 1973, a ton of radio stations banned this single because they thought it would incite violence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Can I don't you imagine? Violence. Yeah, I'm curious. I have, a, I have a little game for you while you play a little bit, little bit of this one. Rob, you guys up for a game? All right. Oh, By yeah. the way, it's I really should good. say
0: this is the only single not to make the top 10 in a three-year 13-hit single. Really? He wow. He released 13 wow. singles in three years, and this is the only one not to make the top 10. It made it to 12.
2: Wow. <laughs> so okay. I was wondering Uh-oh. is this the not greatest this song ever about Saturdays?
0: No. I, I think Bay City Rollers.
2: Saturday I'm gonna, night Fever? I'm going to give you guys a few options, and I'm going to let you vote on what's the greatest song ever on okay. Saturdays, okay? All right, the first one is the one we just listened to, Elton John, Saturday Night's Alright, the one that I thought was played by the Rolling Stones up until about an hour ago. The next one is Another Saturday Night by Sam Cooke. a
5: Saturday night that I got
1: That's a, that's a good probably, one. That's number one for me. Saturday night,
2: me. and I ain't got nobody. nobody. The next one, one is Saturday in the Park by Chicago. Saturday in the Park. I, the that's that a good, I, I
0: do have to say, I love that song. I love Chicago at a level that is not healthy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And the another one would be Saturday Night Special, Leonard Skinnard. Mr. Saturday night special. We also have Saturday Night by the Bay City Rollers, which I think Rob mentioned. Yes. And then the last one I have is I forgot the country music artist, but it's Louisiana Saturday night. Dance in the kitchen till the morning light. That's a good one. What is the greatest, the consensus, greatest song about Saturday night?
1: This is going to be the consensus greatest. Could, could I also throw in Sweet Potato Pie by Domino?
3: <laughs>
1: Saturday morning, just getting up. We're the hangover, smelling like a... No, my only one. Uh, that,
2: that sounds very similar to the greatest Sunday song ever, Sunday Morning Coming Down.
1: No, Sunday Morning Coming Down, no doubt. Johnny, Johnny. And Chris Christopherson. Uh, I got to go with Sam Cook, but it's close for me between Sam Cook.
4: Yeah, um, I, I'll, I'll vote Sam Cook as well, but I'm I'm with you. It's it's uh, this is a darn
0: close. It's not easy, Rob. I'm gonna go with the equivalent of Sam Cook, and that is the Bay City Rollers. If there was a lot of Sam Cooks, I think, in a band together, you would get the Bay City Rollers. I once we once had a football game at Augsburg on a Saturday night, and I would I sang that song to get myself fired <laughs> up. With the retrospect, let that go. Oh yeah.
5: S a t u y d y night. Roy Rogers. Oh, great, this is this a great song.
1: song. I didn't know this one until we listened
4: to oh, it. Oh, I've um, heard a great song. I think this sound of the greatest hits.
1: And I mean, this like this, this orchestration is just super cheesy, but it sometimes just pulls on the heartstrings. I don't know what it is. Sometimes sounds like a Garth Brooks song. It sounds like a Garth Brooks song.
0: Be oh. It's like watching a Pixar movie about getting older. <laughs> and your kids are having a great time, and you're sitting there <laughs> like, God, I'm going to die
1: any moment. Yeah, I loved it. Against what have I done with my life? Against my better judgment, in spite of myself, as you would say.
0: Okay, so this next one, "Harmony," is kind of interesting. This was a song that um, Elton John released "Candle in the Wind" as a single in the UK. He didn't release it in the US, and they were going to release "Harmony" actually as like the fourth single here in the US, but they couldn't do it because his next album came out in 1974 like four months after this album came out and so they had to stop releasing singles to start promoting the next album like that's how prolific he is he had too many good songs on this album just to but they're convinced that if they released this as a single it would have been an absolute hit but the chorus is a banger i wasn't familiar with this song really but
1: no me neither but it's good
0: If you get a chance, I highly recommend you just listen to this Harmony song again and just realize, like, this could have been on the level of Goodbye Yellow Brick Road or um, Candle in the Wind. Uh, Russ, let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. Beck is working with Bernie Taupin. Okay. Could Beck do this album better than Elton John? What do you think?
2: I don't think I heard anything on this album where I ever thought that there's a connection here where I thought Beck would even sniff anything on this album other than maybe that circus music we heard about four songs back. <laughs> so I don't think, other than the circus music, if we're just going to hit on that one piece, I don't think Beck did it better here.
0: I got to say, a Beck version of Jamaica Jerk Off. <laughs> oh, I'd listen
1: to that. I'd peep that out. I'm on board. Oh, listen to that. That's what we should... <laughs>
2: Rob would watch we should make a band
0: where we just cover the worst, worst songs on all these best albums. It'd be so good.
2: Oh <laughs> well, yeah!
0: All right. So we we have our final rating system, and this is a final rating system that has taken years to develop. It's sweeping the nation right now. Everybody's talking about it. It's a great system, and definitely is not confusing at all. Is this <laughs> album? This album is ranked ninety one as we remember because of. From the L.A. Rams. Kevin Green. Um,
4: Kevin Green. I think he played <laughs> for the
0: Steelers as well. I'm thinking. I think he's
4: still coaching.
0: Is this album? <laughs> is this album rolling? Well toned. That means it's ranked perfectly. Is it? Did this album get rolling boned? Meaning it's too low on the list, which means it's a higher number. <laughs> 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 or is this album a rolling groan? It means it's too high on the list. We did not enjoy listening to it. It's it's a it's a lower number. This is the worst writing I have. Okay. So is it rolling well toned, rolling boned, or rolling groan? Matt, what do you think?
4: So just for the record, who came up with this?
0: Who came- it's a number of very smart scientists? Rob, um, you
4: rob, you did? Okay. And no. mostly me. And <laughs> I looked at
0: rhyme.com and I write it in stone. <laughs> see what came up.
4: <laughs> I I'm gonna go with Rolling Boned. It's too low. I mean, oh I, I don't think it's like a top fifty, but I think it's it's higher than ninety-one. I think there's a few other albums that we've gone through. You know, it could it could sit uh comfortably in the high sixties, low seventies in my in my book.
2: Russ, what do you think? I would agree with Matt. I think it's it's been rolling boned. It should be higher, especially if you consider, we, we mentioned this sounds almost like a greatest hits album. And to me, that needs to put, it needs to jump any sort of compilation or greatest hits that we've listened to so far. And to me, once I get through this album, I just think it's really catchy and I want to go back and listen to it again. And to me, appealing music that I want to re-listen to is something that to me should be rated higher on the list all right great points uh aaron what do you think
1: uh well it's i mean i'm gonna surprise you after i uh waxed uh poetic about this album uh i'm i'm strongly influenced and i'm not as good at the uh seeing the forest for the trees as you all are so i'm strongly influenced uh by the surrounding albums on the list and uh, i just can't rank it above uh side of the times so for me it's a rolling groan even though uh as i said it is the album that uh Affected me emotionally more than I expected uh, so far on the list. But uh, rolling grown, but that's so, no, no shots to uh, Elton John.
0: So your mom's favorite album, you're going to rank below 20 greatest hits by Buddy Holly, right around <laughs> Hank Williams' 40 greatest hits. <laughs> terrible, terrible son. All right. <laughs> So the correct answer, the correct answer is actually this, this, this album is rolling sewn because uh, he's, he's sewn a lot of great outfits and we never even talked about the costumes that he wore. Um, and I think that's a huge part of Elton John is coming out and just being so flamboyant before that was even really a thing. And, and it's a shame that you guys didn't want to talk about that. Uh, and it's, it is probably pretty offensive uh, actually. So let's talk about, this is a game that is also going to start sweeping the nation and this is Elton John, when he checks into hotel rooms, he uses dirty names. Mm. And he thinks that's the height of humor to use dirty names. I had to look up. I looked up the name of names of porn stars, which are also dirty names. So this is the game is, and you can say it with me. Is it a porn star, or, or is it a name that Elton John it, used to uh, check into hotels? Name that John
4: Elton John uses at a hotels. Yes. Okay. So that came together really well. I'm
0: happy with that.
1: <laughs> I uh, Had to look those up. Doesn't know any of these names from personal experience.
0: Let's do a practice round real quick. The first name I'm going to give you: Bill Clinton. Clinton. There's no N. Bill Clinton. Clinton. Is Bill I might have shot my wad with the first one here. Is Bill Clinton Clinton? Is that a name of a porn star?
5: Or is that the name that Elton John would use when he checked into a hotel? I'm going porn
4: star. All right. All right. I'm going. I'm going uh Yeah,
2: I'll go with Rosie. I'll go porn
5: star. There's only two options.
2: All right. I'm gonna go porn star. I'm assuming Rob came across that when he was looking for Jamaica jerk off info.
0: (laughs) Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is a porn star. All right. Next one. This is another practice round. Is this Sir Horace Pussy? Is Sir Horace Pussy a name of a porn star? Is that the name that Elton John used to check into a hotel? What do you think?
2: Definitely, Jack, sure. but, yeah, definitely Definitely. Check in name. He's, a, yeah. he's
0: yeah. knighted. All right. Yeah. He did make it a sir. So he is. He is. They did say, oh, Horace Pussy, you are now a knight. Um, And by the way, his mom called once and he made him say, he made her say, oh, yeah, ask for Horace Pussy at the end, uh, <laughs> which is a baller move. All right. So next, okay, here we go. Matt, you have the first one. You get a point for getting it right. One tie, all tie. Matt, the first name, Marquis of Minge. Marquis of Minge. That is uh, Elton John used it. That is correct. That is an Elton John. I don't know what Minge means. I don't either, but it's probably dirty. Min- Oh, it's so dirty. Oh, it's filthy. So you're okay with Googling Jamaican (laughs) jerk off, but you're not okay with Googling (laughs) Minge. I'm going to look for Minge right now. And guess what? This is a work computer. (laughs) And I teach, so it's extra dirty. Minge. A nice pie. No, it's a vulgar term for a woman's pubic hair or genitals, crotch hair. <laughs> they had to put crotch hair in there. Pubic hair, bush. Okay. That's a Google. Google's it to you. Ear fired. You're fired. All right. So if when you are Sir Horace Minge, that is actually pretty gross. All right. Uh next one. Okay. Russ, what do you think? Um John Cutesack. John Cutesack. John Cutesack.
5: Is that a it is, is that a porn actor or is that the name that Elton John would use checked the hotel? What do you think,
2: Russell? I, I'm going to guess based on Rob laughing at his own joke, it's got to be a porn star.
0: Yeah, that is a John
5: Cutesack is a
0: porn star. Oh. Okay. Okay. Well, I can't laugh at all these. Okay, I'm not going to laugh anymore. Aaron, uh, Binky Poodle Clip. Binky Poodle Clip. Is that a porn star name? Okay, first of all, picture if that was a porn star name. That'd be very good. Or is that an Elton John check-in name? What do you think?
1: It's, it's, I mean, so the, it sounds very British, so I'm going to go Elton John
0: check-in name. That is correct. Everyone has one yes. point. Binky Poodle Clip is an Elton John <laughs> Poodle name. Poodle. All, right. all right. Matt, this is where it's going to get tough. This is... Oh, he's already right. laughing. This is, porn I was star. Thinking about something else. It's funnier than I saw earlier today. <laughs> is,
4: All right, hold on. Straight face, straight face. Go Judas ahead. Fart. <laughs> Judas Fart.
3: Is that
0: is that a porn star? Or is that a name that Elton John used when he checked into a hotel? That's a porn star. That is incorrect. That is a name that Elton John oh. used when he checked into a
1: hotel. I'm going to... I'm going to regret asking this, but is there fart porn? It probably is, right? <laughs> here, oh, oh gonna is, is there I'm going to put a link porn? in the chat here. Um, <laughs>
0: is, is there, there fart porn? porn? You perv. All right.
4: How can you ask such a Russ. thing?
0: <laughs> Bobo Latrine. Bobo Latrine. Is that, a porn, <laughs> is that a porn star name? <laughs> or is that a name <laughs> that old Johnny used when he checked into hotels? And I just want to picture this right now, okay? There's two parts. Hey, this is your co-star, Bobo Latrine, or hello, yes, I'm here. This is Bobo Latrine. Can you please send up some room service?
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay, going to say that's the name he uses to check in.
0: That is correct. Oh, that's my. the oh, name wow. he uses when he checks in. You've got two. Matt's got one. Aaron, you've got one right now, but you can... You can uh, catch up here. There you go. I'm ready. All right, so the next one, I okay. So the next one, Aaron, uh, is Throbbin Hood. <laughs> <Throbbing> Hood. <laughs> <laughs> is that a name of a porn star? Is that a name that he used to check in?
1: I mean, I think it's probably both, but I'm going to go porn star.
0: That is incorrect oh. As a name he used
1: when he checked in
2: you should have oh. known that
1: Nick. Robin.
2: this is like sheriff of nottingham this is over in his neck of the woods you I'm, should have nailed that aaron
1: i'm gonna find i'm gonna find a porn with robin hood in it and if there isn't one <laughs> it's very good i'm gonna make one and star in it it's gonna be 16 I, seconds I, long
0: <laughs> okay russ dick nasty Ooh. dick dick nasty Mm. Mr. Nasty, if you're this, nasty. This
2: might be one of the toughest ones so far. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's the uh the adult film star. You're right. That was a hard one. Dick Nasty <laughs> is an adult porn star.
0: Nice <laughs> job. A hard one. <laughs> <laughs> So you've got you are waiting for I believe that. One, that you've you? got two. Yeah. I don't know anymore. All right, Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, Brian Big Bum. Brian Big Bum.
1: Uh a lot of jokes here. Uh, I'm going to go with Elton John. Check in there. that is
0: Elton John. What gave it away? Was it the use of the word bum? I think
1: bum. Yeah, it's just too. It's just bum is just you too didn't laugh. too uh, proper. You know, I just felt like that. He seems to still have some British sensibilities.
0: Guys, I can't laugh at Brian Bink bum. Not that funny. Okay, it's a, a serious affliction. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. And I'm also not going to laugh at this one. Rocky, Rocky Balboner. (laughs) Rocky Balboner. Is that is Rocky Balboner? Matt, Matt, is Rocky Balboner a porn
5: star? A porn star. Is that
0: somebody that Elton John checked in as? Can you say it one more time? I didn't quite get that. Rocky Balboner. (laughs) <laughs> that's a porn star that is correct that is a porn star and it's one of the greatest name porn stars i've ever heard okay russ sir humphrey handbag sir humphrey handbag I, i'm
2: gonna stick with it seems like he's been he's going back to his roots over overseas and i'm gonna say that's a real a real name he uses
0: you're so wise russ nice, nice job that oh, is man. a real name he uses okay aaron next one tom wanks, <laughs> tom wanks.
1: <laughs> uh
0: i'm the captain now i'm the captain now
1: <laughs>
0: Hello, I'm Mr. Wanks. Don't make fun of that name, please.
1: Uh, I've got to say that is a porn star,
0: that is a porn star. Nice job, so Matt. Last one. Mm-hmm. Fanny, Fanny Beaver, Fanny <laughs> Beaver snatch clip. Fanny <laughs> Beaver snatch clip. Is Fanny Beaver Snatchclit a name of a porn star? Or is that a name Elton John uses when he checks into a hotel? Or a name oh, that Rob just
4: it's got to be Elton John. It's got to be Elton is John. Elton John's
0: name that he would use at a hotel, which is absolutely brilliant.
2: <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, that is that was great, Rob. I don't know if you guys can hear in the background, but you can hear maybe a speedboat going by. I'm living in a family cabin this weekend, and this is the first time where I had to leave the cabin because <laughs> I didn't want any of this repeated out loud. So, I'm sure our listeners are going through the same thing as they're fiercely rushing for their headphones right now. Cool. The speedboat drives by and goes,
0: Who's
5: Fanny speedboat snatch clip?
2: Um,
0: all right. So, the next album that we are reviewing is 20 Greatest Hits by Buddy Holly, well, which is definitely going to be just as good as this album and not a discussion about whether or not there should be greatest hits. On this list in the first place Thank you for listening to Beck Did It Better When you want to hear about the greatest
5: albums of all time But you're just too lazy to look it up online If you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off track I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack
0: Beck Did It
3: Better